this week's show. Dover boss Andy Hessentyler tells us about their move to being part-time team again. I'm just happy that we've got a bit of a direction now and we can start planning uh, the best way we can and, and plotting uh, our uh, you know, start of the next season. And we catch up with Punjab United boss Chippy, who tells us what about the challenges of running a community club during lockdown. I think you just got to go down and try to be a friend on and off the pitch. And I think that's what we try to achieve at this football club is that, you know, you're not on your own. We're a family. You know, if you need anything, you've got to tell us. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. We've got two more interviews for you this week, so despite the lack of actual football, Bromley aside, we are still plodding on. Uh, as always, I'm John Phipps, a man who this week has parted with the rest of his football programme collection. Another one now is a man who entered one of this week's interviews by describing it as cool to the subject. He's down with the kids, that's for sure. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, um, dude? Booyakasha. Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Did you, did you get money for your... Program collection, or do you just put them in the bin? I'll put them all in the bin. So, was, uh, how many was there? Probably about 100, 150. Going back how many years? Um, late 80s. So, uh, But there's no value in them. They're not worth anything. I looked. I did look a few of them up on uh, on the internet when I was looking, when I was going through them just to see if they were worth anything. And, and it's not worth the hassle of like 50p uh you know something like that and it, and it, and then postage on top of that and everything and i i chucked most of them out when we moved um what nearly three years ago and then i just finished the job because uh, i've got to clear my mum and dad's garage out so uh there was still a lot in there so yeah they went off to the uh to the to the great dustbin in the sky i mean if you if you're in the sitmon area and you fancy some some programs from the 80s and 90s and, and early 2000s they, they are in my mum and dad's recycling bin um but yeah just wasn't feeling it so I just it's quite cathartic really I mean obviously you look and think oh that's a lot of money and and I guess when you buy them you think oh yeah I'm going to need them in the future but it turns out actually I didn't need them so they've uh, so they've gone anything else in your mum and dad garage nothing can make you millions like only fools and horses and uh, no, I've, I've, I mean, a lot of it is just like, st- I've found a couple of complete Merlin sticker albums from the Premier League era in the 90s they're not worth anything? nope um, and I had some other books and stuff that also aren't worth anything, but just like nice um, sort of memento books and things like cricket that. Um, no, I've got my cricket back here. So my oh. my dad's got my old cricket gear, but that's going to go as well when they're doing the, the clearing out. Um, and yeah, we just found like various bits and pieces, a few board games and things like that. And my cars that I had when I was a kid. So, you know, it was just, it was just a lot of uh, bits and pieces. So yeah, it was... Uh, but I, I did a good thing by by getting the, the start of the clearing out done. Um, so, yeah, we, we, I've done my bit. So it's down to them now to finish tidying it up. So I can wash my hands of it. Good work. Um, Have you still got your programmes? You've got a big programme collection? At my mum and dad's there is, yeah. Um, one day I've got to go. Apparently they've got an old 1966 World Cup final programme. But wow. I think they're 10, they're 10 a penny anyway. But no, but no so I've got, I, I used to buy... I didn't really buy it. No, football programs, I think it's more of as, as a kid, I think, really, isn't it? So um, you look at them and things like that. But I think certain clubs don't even do them anymore, especially in lockdown. And I think the cost of them is pretty poor. It, you know, the cost for the clubs to do them and not nobody buys mm. them. So dead in the water, I think. Probably. I think at some levels, the rate tends to be um, like around a third of the, of the crowd will buy them. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got here, I've got... To my right, I've actually got programs from the Champions League games I've been to at Chelsea, um, just because I got given them for nothing. And I like, you know, I was at the IX game, which was a game I want to remember, so I've kept them. But that's about the size of it. And like I say, unfortunately, that they're they're not the the thing they used to be. You know, you used to be get get lots of good reading in them and enjoy them. But now I don't think that's that's quite the case. They're all full of adverts and they are a bit of a bind to produce. I think so. I think their days are sadly numbered. Yeah, there you go. No idea. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's yeah. Again, all the articles are probably on the website, so you can see why the people, you know, a moment, you know, things move on, don't they? As they say. 
We certainly do. It's our 170th episode this week, and that is, of course, the highest possible checkout in darts. I can remember the night my dad hit it in a game very clearly. He was so excited. He bought everyone in the pub a drink. I mean, it was his pub, and it was like a Monday night, and it was quiet. But still, I think my uh, my highest checkout is 113. I used to like a game of arrows, but like most sports, I've kind of lost my way in terms of actually playing these days. Matt, are you much of a darts player? I've got 180 once um, in my own bedroom. And my mum was hoovering it. Look, mum, I've done it. She doesn't that interesting. I've got 116 checkout before. Ooh. So, but I haven't played. But again, when in my bedroom, it was a little bit shorter. When I used to, it was a, the um, little bit shorter than the pub. So when you went to the pub, I kept sort of not hitting triple twenty because it wasn't the same thing. That, but what I used to do is, <laughs> when you used to buy shoot and match magazine. And you get teams, you know, the team lineups in the middle. I, yeah. I would put, I'd pin that on the dartboard and throw darts at people's faces. <laughs> I don't know if that's if, if that's psychologically wrong. Well, I mean, there's there's, there's people would be having some questions about it, definitely. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you'd be like that, boof. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I remember doing that, but that's that was yeah. But that's probably not right, really, is it? So I probably people should have had a word with me there. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like, you know, you sort of, obviously growing up in a pub, you used to play darts, you used to play pool, and I used to play snooker a bit as well. But I haven't picked up a, a, a snooker queue for years and years and years. And it's just like, you know, when you watch it, especially the World Championship's been on, you think, oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd stuck at it. I wish I'd been good at it. But um, un- unfortunately not. So, um, you know. He's won like eight million his whole career. Yeah. Not bad, is it? Not bad. No, no I'd, I'd swap. Yeah, he's done well there. So, although that's thinking, nothing compared to what you make covering Dover for Radio Kent, is it? So you know. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 the thrill of that as well. So. Yeah. Of course. I am missing a bit of football now, to be honest, a little bit. Yeah. You know, you think, um, you know, the, the days are, the weather's getting a little bit better, and you think, oh, watch the game when you see the other results coming in near the end of the season. So, but so it's well, it's what we may now. It'll soon be August again, and we're hopefully getting back to normality. Yeah, I think it's an interesting conundrum, actually. And before we move on with the show, we were going to, I was going to talk about this anyway. But um, our friend of the show, Mash, uh, Bromley fan, on, uh, on on Twitter, said said the other day, and I, and I can't find the exact tweet at the moment, but he basically said, um, I can't see after lockdown that I will go back to watching games as I used to. I think that's quite interesting to to see if that's a, a, a sort of more wider mindset of, you know, especially being a Bromley supporter. He's basically saying his desire to go home and away is not so, is, is not as big as it was, you know. And, and I think that's, that's quite interesting. And, and, you know, for me as someone who watches the Premier League when it's on, I don't go out of my way to sit there you know but I have really enjoyed I must admit every game being televised I've enjoyed the fact that the kickoff times are quite flexible and fluid and and you know this sounds probably really horrible because I I know that supporters are the lifeblood of football clubs especially non-league clubs but isn't it nice that these football games can be shifted around and played sort of any sort of time without everyone saying oh but my train tickets though that's not fair you can't move that you know, I think the Premier League as a product has probably been more appealing to me because it's just always been available. Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, a lot of people saying, oh, as soon as it opens up, everybody will go back to football and crowds in non-league would thing. But people might have, for the last year, might have found something different to do on a, on a Saturday afternoon. So I'm not thinking it'll be a gimme that everybody's going to get 20% extra attendances. I would have thought the Premier League clubs are going to continue to say, right, we've had this deal here. Oh, we like these kickoff times. There's not many at three o'clock on a Saturday. Will they open it up, to be fair, that all games will choose to be live? And the, and the mythical 3pm is, is cut adrift. It'd be interesting to see. So people, it's going to be, you need a decent product on for certain clubs to attract people to come every week because people have got out of the habit of going to football and doing something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, the, I've now found the tweet from uh, Michelle St. Patrick Hewitt at Mash St. Paddy on Twitter. Uh, he says, "I've thought about Song and Hard, but I don't think I can justify spending money like I used to travelling to watch Bromley. What's the point? 
any other fan had this epiphany during COVID. There's part of me that hopes I'll get the bug back when fans are allowed back properly. But COVID football has ripped out the soul of the game for me. I feel like I have to force myself to care about an artificial situation. I can barely bring myself to watch games at the moment. All that said, what Andy Woodman has managed to do in his short tenure is probably nothing sort of impressive. A huge same fans have missed out on it. But I do think there will be that. And, and th- there is the issue of travelling. You know, I'm finding with, with the B&B, a lot of people you know, are reluctant to travel and, and aren't travelling from as far as they might have done back in, you know, back two years ago. And I think that does make a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're right. But, you know, people think, oh, go to travel on public transport, maybe, and the risk of it going there. People's habits might have changed. So I can see that. And I think people are, will there always be in the season if you do get promoted or win the league? It's, there's no crowds there. It's, it's always going to be a little bit, have an asterisk against it. We'll have to wait and see, really, to be honest. But you know, I can see where he's coming from there. I can really can. Yeah, it's interesting to see how it will go. Do you, do you think, though, that, you know, yeah. the people of Eastbourne, they're probably, what, getting five, six hundred a week? Mm. Do you think 1,200 people are going to turn up every week? I, see, now, I think that might be the difference, though. I think that clubs at our level, where there's less travelling, you know, obviously taking the National League out of the, out of the picture... But especially the Eastman League and, and the Scaffold, where there's a lot less travelling. If you want to follow a team home and away, you can just go in down and, and join your Scaffold team and you can follow them all over the place without leaving Kent or, or only just skirting into the, the very outskirts of London. So I think teams at small levels may feel the benefit, but I think those at the higher may not. It'll be interesting to see because I, I really don't know if there'll be a, such a big thing. I think somehow you've got to attract people in with either with your offers and things like that. But people might have just, you know, realised there's more to life than football. But, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, there probably isn't because um, you're listening to it. But you know you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there will be a, a, a lot of people being reflective and it will be very interesting to see what happens uh, going forward in terms of crowds. But it's an interesting point and feel free uh, to get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts on that um, at KennetNL Podcast on Twitter is where you'll find us. Just, you know, are you more reluctant to go to games than you were before covid uh, do do let us know we'd, we'd love to hear uh, from that anyway on with the show and we spoke last week of the news that dover are going back to being part-time and matt promised us an interview and as always matt has delivered so here is the dover athletic pass andy hessen tyler on going back to part-time football once i'd spoken to the chairman sat down and we had a good conversation and he wanted me to stay you know as a you know, was there a question that did I want to stay? And he asked me that, and I, cause I do, you know. And even for all the things that have gone on, you know, he, he made that decision uh, to have a football club next season, and I, and I still want to be part of that, you know. And I feel as if, you know, it's been, like you say, it's been a, a real tough time um, for football in general, but for ourselves, obviously not playing, stopping playing, it's, you know, it's almost a little bit still like unfinished business. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, I'm just happy that there's, we've got a bit of a direction now and we can start planning um, the best way we can and, and plotting, if that's the right word, uh, uh, our, uh, you know, the start of, uh, for next season. And, um, you know, obviously we're still waiting on the decision on the on the appeal and uh, let's hope that uh, works in our favour. Yeah, going on forward, you're going to a part-time model, which I presume is um, three evenings or two evenings a uh, uh, a week is it for the training because probably the games will come thick and fast as they normally yeah. do in this division yeah I'm looking to, to us train on, like, we'll play on a Saturday but we'll train on a Monday and a Thursday so uh, like you said nine times out of ten on a Tuesday we'll be playing anyway but you know what I want, want to do is try and if we if we obviously play on a Saturday then we can actually prepare on a Monday night for the game on the Tuesday if you understand yeah. so we're going straight from from a game on a Saturday to a game on a Tuesday, I think we need to have some sort of preparation and obviously get the players together because, you know, if you do pick up injuries and, you know, stuff like that, um, you know, you, you need to get the boys together on a Monday night. So that that's the plan going forward. We're working, uh, as we speak, in, in terms of a venue, which is always tougher of an evening because there's so many teams out there in grassroots football, you know, using facilities with lights and so we've we've got uh, we're working on uh, a few situations uh, in terms of trying to find a facility, and uh, hopefully we can sort that out soon. But when you, you know Dover have been successful in a in a part time model uh, under Kinnearum in your first spell, they were part time model. Is the attraction of players different? You've got to look down a different route now for players, or do you think play, there is a lot of players out there who 
part-time or quite able to carry on playing part-time and have another job. How does that work for you? Uh, yeah, I think there's players out there who want to do that. And to make sure, I've, I've spoken to uh, a number of players that uh, have got National League uh, experience and some are still playing in the National League um, want to go part-time because of maybe looking to the future um, so you know which you can understand um, and we're going to need we're going to need some sort of experience in the team and I think the only way you get experience is um, it, for me is, is having this model of going part-time I think if you, if you stay full-time nine times out of ten we're going to have a very young squad We'll be training in the mornings, but we've got more chance to get a little bit more experience um, if we if we do you know go to, go this way. I mean, what I would say is that you know, uh, and that's not being disrespectful, Chris, or, or, or myself, because like you say, we've done part time, and, and like you rightly said, Chris, I'm fantastic, and we came in and still part time, and turned into full time, and we've done well. But I just think. Um, you know, at that time, how the leagues were—they were strong, but not as strong as they are now. It's, they're, they're a lot stronger. And again, it's not being disrespectful, Chris, or, or myself. I, I think now uh, you've only got to look at the teams that, in our league. It gets stronger every year, and uh, you know it doesn't get any easier. So, um, being part-time, it's going to be difficult for us, but. Um, that's the way to go for this football club at this present time. Could we go back to being full-time again uh, in, a, in a few years' time? Yeah, maybe we could do it once, once we can recover from this situation. Do, do, you, um, do you look at it maybe at the start of last season, maybe the club should have gone down that model? Because you, what you've said there is the squad you got together, though it was full-time, it was, a, apart from Sam Wood, it was a very inexperienced team. So do you think, was there discussions this time last season to go down this way? No, we never really spoke that. Uh, uh, but you're, you know, it's a fair, you know, it's a fair question and, and, and fair comment. And maybe that's, you know, hindsight. We should have done that, you know, um, and, and that could have helped the finances. The, the difficulty of that is that we had a number of players, obviously, from the year before that were, were full, on full time money. So that was always going to be the hard part of it. And obviously, as everybody knows, that you know, uh, players were asked to take a pay cut because of the situation. So. Uh, we didn't really talk about that, uh, and I think it would uh, again. It would have been a bit of a problem because we, we players from the year before that was on full time money. Yeah. You look at the league now. I think Woking they're going full time next season. I don't know yeah. how many other other sides are. Probably I could probably have put them on one hand. So how difficult will it be if if you've lost twelve points as well to get to where you are? It's a challenge, it's but you know, I'm, you know, well, no football's not yeah. played on paper. But I'm looking at it now. It's going to be tough to get out of that. Yeah, it will be tough to get. That's why I'm fingers crossed that we can, we can win this appeal, and you know, uh, and it can be you know reduced. You know, whether it's, for me, if they take away all the, the, the money, and there's no fine in terms of financials. That would be fantastic because you know we just can't afford to pay forty thousand pound and maybe cut the, the points deduction into into six points. Then yeah, it's still going to be difficult, but it gives us an opportunity. The twelve points is yeah, it's going to be really tough. We know that. Um, you know, but it's been done before. Um, you know, again, it's going to have to come from me. I've, you know, again, recruitment's going to be massive this year. You don't, you don't get recruitment right every year. You, you know, managers don't. It's, it's some players just don't work out. You know, that, that's football. And it, that'll happen at every club. And, uh, but it's, I've really got to plot, plot the right way to and get the right characters in for our situation. Now, whether that's 12 points, whether that's six points, or whether that's we, we win it completely and, it's, and we start off, you know, on the level playing field. But we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, you know, it's going to be difficult. But, you know, like I said before, what a challenge, you know, what a challenge to overcome. And, you know, I think if we can all pull together. And I think, you know, if you look at the fans, the Dover fans, it's been really tough on them. But, you know, a group of people that have done the fundraising and that. And so they're out there. They're, they're, the fans are, um, will stick together. And, you know, let's all pull together the best way we can and try and get over overcome this situation. Do you expect um, when you go to games that certain clubs are going to look at Dover and say, "Well, they should have been relegated anyway"? So you'll be one of these sides who want to be, you know, beaten, so to speak. But you've got to use that to your advantage, surely. Probably 
uh, are pleased that they didn't do that uh, in the end. But, you know, that's why hopefully that we can win the case and uh, or, or, you know, get it reduced and, um, and, and we, we give ourselves a chance. But you're right, there's going to be teams that uh, I think we should, should have got relegated. But like you say, that gives us even more motivation to, to overcome that and overcome these teams. And, you know, um, you know, like I said, it's uh, it's, it's important that we um, get a group of boys together that can buy into the situation and uh, and guess it gets where we want to be. So your role at the moment is looking at players, I suppose, and speaking to players yeah, and from there. Yeah, I, I haven't spoke to I haven't spoke to many players. Well, I've spoke to a couple. Um, you know, I mean, and I'm just weighing up a few. A few there's a few out there that, that are quite interesting because they do want to go part time and they're playing in the national league. So. Um, uh, again, it's um, I've started to get a list together um, of a mix of the uh, experience uh, and obviously young, um, and that's what we've got to do. So, yeah, working on things, working on pre-season games, and um, etc. So, yeah, lots of work to do, and obviously to try and find a venue, which is the biggest thing to start with. Do you expect many of the players who played for last season will be with you again? I presume the loan market's going to be key again as well. Yeah, we use the loan. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of starting to speak to all the boys from, from, from last year, and uh, um, we, we, we're going to have a conversation. But uh, I think a lot of them will, will want to leave anyway. If I did want to keep them, um, that's because they don't want to go part time. Um, you know, so yeah, that's a conversation. In the next week, I'll be having to speak to every single one of them, and then uh, and then. Watching the uh, National League from afar, how do you think the league's going to go? I presume, from a Dover point of view, the likes of Stockport and Hartlepool will be good to go because they're going to have, yeah. have to go a long way. They're long treks. Yeah, especially after we've just had Grimsby put into our league. So, uh, <laughs> the South End's, I think everybody's looking forward to South End, though. South End one's a nice one. Yeah. No, to be fair, they come good again, haven't they, Chalky, after a little bit of a spell. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's actually become quite an interesting battle mm. at the top, hasn't it? Um, I think Sutton obviously still got a, a, a big chance um, in terms of because the games they got in hand and, and, and their running doesn't look that, that difficult. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. As I say, Torquay have come good at, at the right time, and, but they have got quite a, a tough running. But I'm going to stick my neck out. I, I'm going to go for Torquay. I think they've just, they've just got come, have come good at the right time. And... Uh, like I say, I would rather Sutton be staying in our league. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure financially to, to do Sutton really want to go up because of the money that they mm. they bring in from the, the higher of their uh, the free G like Maidstone do. Do they want to rip their pitch up? Like, you know, I don't know, but you know, it's not for me to say. But um, I'm sure that the revenue that they bring in off the pitch is, is quite a lot of money for them. A fairly philosophical Andy Hassan Tyler there, but I'd also say he's planning to build a side which will try and get out of the bottom four rather than try to get into the top four. Is that fair? I think that's probably true. Yeah, I think... Um, With or without a points deduction? Yeah, the expectations. I think the Dover's dream of being a football league club have probably gone um, for a while, if not forever, from what he's going to be doing. Um, interesting what he said there, that you know, recruitment is key. Arguably, his recruitment last over the last his first season was excellent. You know, when he came in replacing Chris Kinnear, his recruitment after that there hasn't been that many. Who you think? Well, they were good signings, but some of them some of them came off, some of them didn't. So it's recruitment for key and, and see what they can get hold of. As you said before, there will be decent players out there if they're coming from a lower level who want to play part time national league. Or the players coming to the end of their career and trying to do it, or just looking at their career a little bit differently. So, recruitment is absolutely key if Dover are going to survive, even if they didn't have any points deduction. They're going to be one of the sides at the bottom of the table, I'm sure. So, and that's where Andy Hessenthaler um, got to earn his money to do it. He's, he's up for the challenge, which is a big challenge, and let's see what what he can do. But again, as I said. The spine of the team has got to be absolutely solid with experience. Can he attract those players? He's still a name, Andy Hessenthaler. Hopefully he can, but and you may be utilising the loan market. They can do it. So certain sides have done well part-time in the National League, little smaller sides. Dover will be up against it, but you've got to be optimistic, really. 
There was an interesting point you made in there about experienced players and how it may be easier to get hold of experienced players playing what Dover can play at part-time level than, than it was last summer. Because last summer, there was so much going on in terms of trying to get hold of, uh, trying to get the players that were contracted to take wage cuts and, and everything like that, that. I think that made it really difficult. And, and Dover were probably a, a an unattractive proposition to some players. But I think, you know, it is going to be a, a, a new brush. He kind of said, I think he kind of basically said there, every player has will be leaving that, that's currently there. So it's a, it's a clean market. But... You know, there is the factor of Woking going full-time. There will be players there who won't want to go full-time. They'll be wanting to play part-time football and they'll be wanting to play at the highest level possible. And Dover can offer them that. So I think that's that, that does play into Dover's hands. I, I don't think it's a, a, a disastrous decision in terms of your squad is going to be weaker than it was in the season that is still going on for the other clubs in the National League. Because I think that there is more scope to get in experienced players because... Dover's team was in, inexperienced last season. It, it struggled and it was obvious it was going to struggle because of, although matches aren't won on paper, on paper it, it was not a strong squad. So I think the fact that they can go out and get some experienced players they may not have been able to, to pick up otherwise is going to be a massive boost. And, you know, Andy Essentai said he's, he's already spoken to a couple of players. I think that's probably manager talk. He, he's got a rough idea of some players he's going to be bringing in. And I think that, I, I think Dover will be stronger than they were last season or this season because of, because of the, the part-time factor. I actually think that it's 100% the right decision for Dover to be making at this at this time because of where they are and everything that's gone on in the past year or so. And I, I think that they will be, in the long run, this club will be stronger for it. Yeah, I think that when you look at the money spread in this division by some of these guys desperate to get out of it, Dover can't compete. Maybe five or six years ago is... He mentioned in there when Chris Gundover got into the playoffs and punching above the weight, they were doing it. But Chris Kinnear, there were definitely players out there. It's finding them uh, and working with them and trying to get them to be successful. So, yeah, it's, it's as I always say, that after the first five games, I realise where we are in terms of quality of the players. So, there's only a few probably that I would probably keep from the last shot. So, we go again. That's what we can do. So, we were just to see how it goes. So, it will be, as I said, do, will there be a lot of players out of contract because of these football league clubs who've had no income and have got players on big contracts and now they're out? Could it be that there'll be a lot of players there that don't have the option for? So, we'll have to wait and see. Also, interesting point as well, Matt, and, and this is something I know you'll, you'll be enjoying, but as he kind of said there and you put the question to him, everyone's going to want to beat Dover because there are going to be teams out there who think you've taken the easy way out. There's going to be people who think that, you know, you should have been relegated. I think that was exactly what you said to him. And you're going to go to places and you're going to be unpopular and you want to go and spoil people's days. And I think that that's another way you can bring players in by saying, come on, let's go and be horrible. Let's be nasty. Let's go and spoil people's afternoons. And I think that, again, that plays into Dover's hands. Well, you've got to get the right players with the right mentality who are up for the fight, where you're going to be under the cosh a little bit and abused by fans if they're in the ground and saying, well, you shouldn't even be in this division. But that's, and Hesentala has got to build a squad in the, you know, in the shape of him at his prime, really. And he, he seems up for the challenge on that. If he can attract the players and the money he, he's got involved. So, yeah, I, I, I expect the players to get some abuse on the pitch. And I'm sure if I'm in the press box, I'm sure a lot of the, you get the snidey comments, but we've just got to move on. And hopefully, you know, you know, the decision that Jim's made, you know, has been vindicated, will be vindicated and Dover can at least be competitive. And um, from there, we'll see, interested to see when the, um, when the appeal goes through, if it gets 12 points, get back, if it say went to six, that, you know, that gives them a real, even more of a chance. So we just have to wait and see, but yeah. And he's, he's optimistic. He, he was at the ground when I spoke to him. So he's, He's working hard already to see what he can do. Uh, so obviously, with with snide comments made in the press box, the, the list will be getting longer. Then will it? Well, we'll keep you on the keep. Probably yes. <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to cover this show every week and say added another one to the list because we'll all know who. But maybe at the end of the season, just tally up yeah, and yeah. Uh, let us know how many of the National League clubs are, are on the list. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm probably hoping that Torquay and maybe. Torquay looking like they're going to win the league. That is a bit of a trek for Dover. So 
everybody's looking everybody's looking forward to their trip to south end and i am as well to be honest so they're going to be forward to that fun fact about south end and uh, i'll have to remember this one to when you come to it as well but i believe they are the only place in the country where denim is strictly forbidden in the press box all right so they have made people like they've got a load of trousers and they make people wear them if you turn up not if you turn up uh, in denim they will boot you out basically and make you change into some trousers that have been worn by other people surely they should have other things to worry about rather than the dress code of i mean it's been a long time since i've known of that rule but i understand that was the rule several years ago so you know well, well, just, well, well, just well, be well, on well, your best well, be, well, I, 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 the dover fans i speak to say oh we're lovely for saturday away game in south end but you know it's going to be Oh, you might get that one on a bank holiday, maybe. Although, I mean, Dagenham will obviously be lining up for that. But, uh, you know, you've got a chance of getting it on a bank holiday. You know, at least it it will be a a good day out and hopefully everyone will be able to go to to that one. And I think that's a a big point you made there. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying before we played that interview about travelling distances. And it is going to be hard for Dover because it's always been difficult being out on a limb like that. But when you factor in some of the places you've got to go, Grimsby, probably Hart or possibly Hartlepool, Notts County, Chesterfield, Torquay, maybe. There are some long old trips in this division and, and that all makes Dover's position even more difficult, doesn't it, from a financial point of view? Yeah, there'll be no, um, again, they, there'll be no hope, there'll be no coach trip, long coach trips, they'll be travelling on the train, there'll be no hotels and things like that for, for Dover, but maybe that siege mentality, that's what they've got to really put in. Right, not, you know, People say we're already written off here, but we're gonna we're gonna give it a good go. Yeah, so we shall see how that pans out over the course of the season. We mentioned them earlier, but Bromley, a fantastic result for them on Bank Holiday Monday, uh, when this the sensible scheduling of fixtures sent Hartlepool all the way down to Hayes Lane and uh, another 1-0 win uh, for Bromley uh, another goal for young Jude Arthurs and, and things are looking really good for Bromley that the, the form that they're in Matt is is unbelievable and that they're not winning games by big margins but they're winning games and that is all Andy Woodman's got to do and we enjoyed speaking to him last week and and you've got to say what a job that man is doing very, very good result against Tartlepool. First defeat in 16, I think it was. Keeping a clean sheet. Like defensively, they'd conceded a few goals, but, you know, bounced back after losing at home to Chesterfield. But really good run of form. Some big games coming, you know, massive games coming up for them. But you know, they're, in the, they're in the right direction. You know, I'm presuming Notts County winning tonight's not gone in their favour, but they've got to play Notts County twice. So they know it's in their own hands. So, um, yeah, really, really good job been done by Andy Woodman so um, we'll see how it goes from there yeah, I mean, they are, even with Notts County beating Sutton uh, earlier on this evening, uh, Bromley are still in the playoff places with uh, 58 points from 37 games. Notts County a point behind uh, with a game in hand. Chesterfield on 56 uh, and Eastley on 56 as well. They've both played uh, 37 games too. But then if you look above, they've got a game in the hand for... Um, on, on Halifax and Hart, or on Halifax as well, Halifax who've only four points clear. So th- this is not over by a, a long stretch. I mean, we've still got a few games to go, but Bromley are in the playoff places and, and that is all they can ask for. And, and as you say, with Notts County twice to come, I'd say it's pretty much still in their hands, wouldn't you? Yeah, I definitely think I definitely think it's, I thought it would, they would be tough for them to break in there. But the right momentum, if they get in there, nobody will want to play them because... The sides they would have beaten to get in there, the likes of Notts County. So yeah, interesting times ahead for Bromley. You know, maybe Mash if they do let Bromley get played league football. You know, the like the delights of Rochdale and people like that. I know they've been there recently, but Oldham seeing you seeing signing the football league, he might want to make make the most of it because you know I don't know how long that will last for. Oh, and obviously, uh, possibility, I suppose, that in a fortnight's time, supporters will be allowed back in uh, to Hayes Lane. Uh, the, uh, Bromley are away from home uh, just after that, but the, the final game of the season at home to Notts County, I, I would imagine there could well be support- spectators in there on the 29th yeah. of May. So, 
You said twenty five percent, is it? Quarterly attendance? So that, yeah. I, I don't so. know what what they're going to end up you doing. Might, you might get fifteen hundred in there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so we shall see how that pans out. In the meantime, uh, Bromley are away on Saturday on the on the TV again uh, as they travel to face the leaders, Torquay United. So that's a really big test uh, for them. But the way they're playing, as we say, that they've got nothing to fear there. So uh, that should be a, a really intriguing game. And then on Tuesday, uh, they play Wildstone. Uh, Wildstone, who've lost their last God knows how many and now have conceded 87 goals in their 37 matches. So uh, I would imagine... Happen. Yeah, I, I would imagine they will think that they've probably got a chance of getting a result there uh, against the Wheelstone side who got thumped 4-0 uh, on uh, Monday by, uh, by by Stockport. So you would think that Bromley should win that one uh, in midweek. But so the big game for them on Saturday is, is the one down at, uh, at Torquay. So we should keep an eye on that one and see how that one pans out. Uh, moving on, obviously, as well as the, uh, as, as a, the National League continuing, the Cup competition will be starting uh, on the 18th of May, all being well. Uh, and one of the teams in it, as we know, there are five teams in it. One of the teams in it is Punjab United. I haven't spoken to them for a long time, actually. It's been a, almost a couple of years uh, since Chippy was on the show. Uh, but I caught up with him earlier on today and, and started by asking him actually how the past year and a bit has been for Punjab United, the football club. Yeah, it's been, um, I must admit, it's been a struggle, to be honest. I had a, had a nice break from it. I must admit, I was at the club every day, nearly. But um, so I, I had a three months off. Uh, just I just switched my phone. I said to the boys, look, you know, you've got to take time out. This, we all need it. And then slowly but surely, we, you know what, I'm like, John, there's work to be done at the ground. So, yeah, we've we put in a new office, uh, new stores, cleaned it all up, give it a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, and got some floodlights put in for the training pitch. So, yeah, it's been a bit busy for us the last three, four months trying to get all that ready for the new season to start. And obviously as a club that's at the very heart of your community, I guess all the stuff that's been going on where even the kids haven't been able to play has been really tough. It has, mate. Yeah, you know, we're trying to... We, every week we're on um, one of the team's calls. I said to the coaches, look, you know, I'll, I'll come into every call just so you could do something with the kids every week at home, you know what I mean? So... It was nice in that way. You see the kids and the teams, but like, as you know, John, it's not the same. Um, I know for once we were allowed to start playing outside, I did let the kids who locally live, I said, look, go and use the facilities, go and use the training pitch, you know, because I didn't want them running around the streets up uh, the local area. So I just let them use the pitches up there. The one of the mums who lives across the road, she was keeping an eye on them. So I think as a club, we try to do our best by them. You know what I mean? You try to look after the kids while you're there. And if they're in a safe environment across the road from the houses playing, I think that was the best we could do, really. And obviously now moving on in a couple of weeks' time, this tournament kicks off. As a manager, how are you approaching it? A chance for people to impress you? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I think this was a, a great idea, really. I think we were going to do something anyway. Um, you know, I had a few chats with uh, Wellingtown manager, with Kevin. Um, but it actually served better to be local. Kevin uh, from Chatham throwing me up said, let's, you know, before you do anything, what we want you to invite you to our one, which will be local, so no more travelling too far, which I, ideally that was perfectly fit. So, yeah, I said to the players, you know, we brought a few in just to give them a go to see how they go. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's great to get the buzz back. We've had a couple of friendlies, you know, last you know, last few weeks ago with Holmesdale. Uh, we played Sporting Bangle last week. Uh, we've got Danny Kenwell, Kedwell's team tonight, Cray Wanderers at home. And then we got, I think we've got one more game next week with VCD on Tuesday. So, yeah, then we go straight into against Sheppey. They, I haven't made it easy for me, so we've got Sheppey and Chatham straight away, so it's great. So, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. I was going to say, actually, I just looked at the fixtures. I was like, so who have they got? Oh, Chatham and then Sheppey. Brilliant. What, that's good. Oh, Sheppey and then Chatham. Sorry. But it's going to be a, a, a brilliant tournament. It's going to be so good to see people back in watching football, fingers crossed. Oh, 100%. I think everyone's, you know, buzzing to get back. You know, we've had so many people ringing me saying, can I come and watch these games? Like, we should be on closed doors. I said, no. I go, look, just give it another couple of weeks. You know, we're back. And um, I think locally, I think people are buzzing for it already. So, you know, I think sooner or later, you know, everyone's be back to normal. Hopefully, God willing, get everyone through the door. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get a few more supporters come through the door, which is great. You know, and that's, that's what it's all about. You know, the boys are buzzing. As you know, you know, John... Mental health is massive now, nowadays. You see some of these boys who play for me, you know, they, they have been struggling through. And while I'm talking to them once a week, you know, trying to keep them busy and active. But I'm so glad they're back at football now. You know, they seem like back to normal. And uh, hopefully, God willing, we continue. 
that's been part of it, I suppose, hasn't it? Because you, you, you're obviously a, a football manager, a football, a football man, but there has been this this sort of well-being side of things over the past year or so for your players, and I guess that's a different challenge for you. Yeah, I must admit, you know, I'm a good people person. I think that's what people would like about me. I mean, we get on with everyone. But when I saw this start to go down, you know, we've got Georgia, who's, who does my health and well-being at football. You know, she she rang me up. She goes, look, Chip, a couple of players are struggling. They've texted her. So she goes, I think you might need to chat to them. And yeah, I think you just got to go down and try to be a friend on and off the pitch. And I think that's what we've tried to achieve at this football club is, look, you know, you're not on your own. We're a family. You know, if you need anything, you've got to tell us. And some of the boys I've spoken to probably once a week throughout the whole year, which, you know, which I've, I, I think we've done quite well trying to just sort of keep them geared up, good spirits, you know, and it's, a, it's amazing how it, how it affects, you know, some of the younger players, which you didn't think, you know, this, they would take that that hard, you know, but they have. So, I, you know, I'm glad that they're right. I'm glad that we were there to support them. And God willing, I think a lot of football clubs over, the, you know, over this last year probably done the same, you know. But yeah, for me personally, I think, you know, I, I can only do what I can with them. And I think... We, as a club, we, we've supported them really well. Going back to the tournament, obviously you've got Chatham and Sheppey in there, which is going to help with the gate receipts when you're at home, but also two very, very good sides. So I'm guessing you'll be looking at it thinking, you know, it's, it's a chance to upset them a little bit and show them what you've got. Yeah, I, I think I was talking to them on the, uh, on the group call last night and, uh, you know, don't know about how many subs can we use and whatever. And they were like on their squads of 20 plus And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I'll probably have only about 16, to be honest, you know. But yeah, we're not in the same level as them on uh, the squad-wise at the moment. But yeah, look, I've always said, when Punjab performs, we can go out and beat anyone. I've always said that, and I think we've proved it over the last couple of years. This, le- this level is a good level for us. And when people come to Punjab, you know, we, we I think we let ourselves down last year in a few bits and pieces. Like, we haven't really complete, uh, combined together as a team sometimes. You know, individuals sometimes upset other individuals. We've cleared that out, got a really good group. And I think the last few results we've just done, it just proved to me that these boys can play at this level. And I think if we put it right and get a few, you know, try a different formation this year, you know, a bit more of attacking format, I'm going to go for it. I don't think we should fear anyone. And it doesn't matter if it's Chatham, Sheppy, whoever it is, we're going to go for, we're going to go out full pelt with confidence and whatever happens, happens. That's the way I'm going to go with it. I got so- be promoted two years ago, John, and I sort of backed off there. I don't know why, but... I sort of got worried about this league too much. I need to go back to what I was comfortable with, and that's what I'm going to do. So, so you fancy getting your mitts on this trophy we're providing then? Oh, it'd be great, mate. It'd be great. You know, I, I just when I saw that first two fixtures, I thought, well, okay, they ain't giving me a chance. But you know, look, you never know. If we pick up a win against Sheffield at home, at their ground in, I know they're sharing with Chatham, but you never know, John. You never know. You could be giving that to me. It'd be great. <laughs> The word that I always want to use when I get off the phone to Chippy is infectious. Uh, that man loves his football. He loves everything that he does at that club. And s- some brilliant, brilliant stuff in there. I mean, and I quite like the fact that he said, you know, I, I did think I, I, I needed to switch off from it a bit. But now I'm back and I'm focused and I'm ready to go. And that's exactly the sort of attitude that you want. And, and he's the kind of man you want leading your, your club, I think. If you are Punjab United, there is no better fit. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, stepped away from it all, probably been, you know, the last two seasons. And he, and he was sort of criticising himself in there about his management, saying, oh, got a little bit scared, run away from what his, his thoughts were when they got promoted. So maybe the break's done them good and they were doing the stuff off the pitch and, and, and he'll come back refreshed. And maybe that's what they needed, really, to see where they go there. So, yeah, again, very infectious. We met him in person, very happy-go-lucky, loves his football. And, and he'll think nothing better than getting some results against Sheppey and Chatham to build him for next season. And I thought it was interesting as well. He said, I kind of underestimated this division. Was I a little bit scared of of how hard it was going to be having won two promotions in a row? But I think he's he's now saying, actually, there's nothing to be scared of. And next season, he wants to give a good go of it. Yeah, yeah. What, what, we, the Scaffold is a good league. And maybe they probably thought... Maybe they went into it. Maybe he was a bit more loyal to the players who took him up, and and that which you do find with managers there, and they struggled a little bit and survived, you know, near the end of the season with that first season. But yeah, I think they've, I think he's he's learnt a lot from himself. Probably learnt a lot more about the players and all these chats and how they can work things together. So good luck to them. You know, very well organised off the pitch. If they can get more people through the gates, I think they're looking forward to it. But he he, he sounded refreshed. Like somebody's had some time off. 
and itching to get back, and I'm sure they'll give their all in these in these games. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've played, as you said, three friendlies. They're playing another one as we speak as well, so they are sort of hammering through it. But looking ahead to the the cup tournament, absolute baptism of fire for them, as as he said there, with the first two games being against Sheppey and Chatham, both slated away games. So it's going to be really really tough for them at, at the start, but. It's a fairly long competition with 10 games. So even if they did lose both of those games, it wouldn't be over for them by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. It's, it's a good competition for months, months worth of football, isn't it? Getting sides in. Interesting to see. Like, I would have loved to have been on those uh, meetings, how they're going to work things out, how many subs you can have from there. Really, really good to see that people are sort of getting involved in this, looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm sure so many people are going to be really itching to get back on there to watch the games as well. So, yeah, I think it would be... a Good, good fun had by all. So, um, be plenty of drama, plenty of entertainment. Yeah, and it is brilliant as well for, uh, particularly for for Punjab and Rochester and uh, and Lordswood because those three are are the lesser supported clubs in the competition. I don't think they would mind me saying that, but they're all guaranteed basically some paydays because they're playing Sheppey and Chatham, who will travel in numbers. Their supporters, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I think they'll make the most of it. I really do. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it'd be interesting to see how it'd be well organised. That's all you can ask for. Um, if they link it to the, um, uh, the Euros well, people will come in and the, the bar takings will grow up. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think the clubs are really looking forward to it and we're proud to be part of it, John. Yeah, we really are. And it's going to be uh, really good. Um, I'm sure we're going to certainly be at the final and we'll try and get to some other games before that as well, won't we? Well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll. If we could try and get to the final, I think we're going to try. Well, I, I think I'll try, we'll try and meet for the final, shall we, John? Yeah, it would be nice. We'll actually see each other. It might be, yeah, yeah. With my long ponytail, you won't recognise me. No, I won't. It, well, you're top knot. Yeah, top knot, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, so, and, I, and I've put on 35 stones since I last saw you. Oh, crikey, that's a yeah. bit of a bit of a shocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't recognise you then, will I? Although I'll, I'll see you if you're that big. I'll see you waddling down the street. Yeah, 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 so, no, yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we'll, we'll try and get to the final. I, I don't think I'll make any other games, but I will try and make for the final because we want to hand over that quality trophy. We certainly do. Uh, bit of, not much news going on uh, around and about, but uh, Margate midfielder Reese Prestige has uh, retired from playing, but he's uh, moved straight away uh, into a coaching role at Hartstown Park. Jay Saunders saying to the Margate website, I'm pleased and excited to have Reese involved with the club for the upcoming season. A player I've known for a long time, a character I want to keep involved with what we're doing here, the person I trust. I believe he can offer us so much off the pitch. And, you know, he's been a decent player um, all around Reese Prestige and, and I'm sure wish him a happy retirement, but a good addition to the coaching staff at, at Margate because Jay Saunders likes our people around him who he knows and that, Definitely is a box ticked, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, he's the players he's had. Um, Jay Saunders, he's, he's sort of the more experienced. We had Steve Watt with him, didn't he? And players he's gone with, worked with him before. He's worked as a player. He likes to get them in. So clearly, um, likes the respect to the, the players who want to work with him. Yeah, but looking to be a big season for Margate, isn't it? The signings they're making, the social media stuff is pretty good. Yeah, I think they're, um, I think they allowed their season to get older. Who had a season ticket this year to come back as um, uh, to do that as well to, to allow their free their season tickets again. So yeah, I think yeah, Margaret, maybe we said outsiders. I know it's four months before the season starts. Outsiders, Margaret, do you think? Well, I mean, they, they were a club who, at the start of the season, you would always look and say, well, they should be in with a chance because of the manager that they've got, because of the players that they've got, and because of the the. The, the fact that they've been up in and in and around it, so I would at the start of the season I always expect them to be there or thereabouts. It just hasn't worked out the past couple of seasons. Not that they've actually mattered anyway, but maybe this could be the time. Maybe the break will have done Jason Saunders a bit of good, and he's been able to look and see exactly what he wants from the squad that he's got at his, his uh, disposal and, and build things the right way and take his time in getting everything going. He's kept the players that he wanted to keep. I don't think he's lost anyone who would have wanted to lose. He's, he's brought pe- people in. And I think that's quite a... a, a, a yeah, I think they're, they're in with a shout of being outsiders. But like we say, come the start start of August, late July in some cases, we, we will fa- everyone will fancy their chances. And it's just going to be who, who starts well and who can maintain it. Yeah, and hopefully we can actually see the season out. That's the most important thing. Okay. Uh, the Scaffold, meanwhile, have announced that their season will be starting on July the 31st. So, uh, uh, early start for them. The first the first 
or extra preliminary round of the FA Cup uh, will be on the 7th of August, we understand. Uh, but there will be league games in before then. And, and you know, yeah, it's an early start. And I did see a couple of people saying that the clubs weren't exactly uh, consulted over the decision to start in July. But I'm a bit of a traditionalist and I have never been a fan of their first game of the season being in the FA Cup. I think it's actually advantageous to all of the clubs in the scaffold to have played a league game before they go into the FA Cup. Because we have to remember that those FA Cup games are, in many cases, the biggest games of the season for those clubs. And I, I, I never liked the fact that they've gone into it cold. No, yeah. I, I thought a lot of the clubs would be quite happy that, you know, they've got a date they can aim towards. Um, some of the clubs are not involved in competitions, etc. Can aim for that, get you back middle of June. And we go again and looking for those dates. So, yeah. Good date, and it gives you a little bit of a, let's say, a weekend, maybe two league games, maybe before the FA Cup goes in, so to get your players in the right thing. And the most important thing is we want scheduled clubs to do well in the FA Cup as well. Of course, yeah, we'd we'd love one to have a really good. I mean, you know, we've had a couple of teams have have done okay, but we I would love a scaffold club to to go second qualifying round, third qualifying round. You know, start dreaming. You know, it's it's a massive ask to expect them to get to to the first round proper. It's a massive ask to expect them to get to the fourth qualifying round. But there is a chance one of them could get there and pull out Dover, and then they'll they'll pretty much be through. Um, But you know, I would just love to to really get a bit of that. FA Cup fever really going at the start of next season because obviously we've had disappointments but it would just be brilliant to to, to have a, a, a re- really really good run in that for, for one of our scaffold teams Yeah that, that, that's what it's all about I think I mean, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to starting that it makes even more of a mockery why the National League is starting three weeks later on the 21st of <laughs> August absolute pass yeah, it really is. But it gives David time to sign more players. So, yeah, it's all good. Uh, FA Vars is obviously still going on. Uh, Deal's defeat to Binfield doesn't look that bad a result now. They've marched on through, haven't they, to the to the semi-finals, I think, after a 5-0 yeah. away win at the weekend. And obviously, uh, last season's final was played yesterday on Monday. And Hebben Town were the 3-2 victors after extra time, I believe it was, against Consett. Uh So, I haven't texted uh, Michael Golden, but surely some uh, comfort for him that... They were beaten by the eventual champions uh, when they played their semi-final back in September. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that actually. Yeah, I, was, I did see Binfield five 0 and the guy, one of the guys, their good striker, the captain scored two. I see on that. So um, I, I did text Steve King, and he said he feels better that about it now when he sees that Binfield have got through to the uh, um, the semi-finals because if if Deal, if Deal had had the striker quality that Binfield had. Definitely, deal would have got through. I would have thought so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. But and also just to see a step six team still going strong as well uh, in the in the FA Vars. We do keep an eye on these things, even though obviously we wish uh, some of our Kent clubs were still involved. They're not. But um, you know, good luck to those teams that 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 are still going. And and Hebben, of course, still in with a shout of uh, regaining their title that they've had for a day. They're still in it, are they? Yes, they're still in. They've got they've got their quarterfinal this weekend. All right. That would be impressive, wouldn't it? Winning twice at Wembley in the space of what? How many weeks a month. Yeah, a it month. Yeah, well, twice impressive. a month. But interestingly, their uh, quarterfinal this weekend is against Leighton Town, who uh, were beaten by Corinthian in the in the quarterfinals last year. Um, so very interesting that those two teams have have, have come through it again. Uh, to, to be at this stage and uh, so yeah this is it's an interesting competition and, and you know love the FA Vars great opportunity for people um, I think it was a shame that now they're playing having test events at Wembley that, that no one was allowed in uh, to the game uh, on Monday that the final because that would have been a great day for, for some people but you know I'm sure it didn't take any of the shine off the celebrations yesterday for heaven when they were uh, celebrating their win uh, anyway, that's pretty much it for the football chat this week. Uh, what have you been watching on the telly, mate? Uh, not a lot, really. Um, we watched... No, we, didn't, we haven't watched any... My wife uh, watched the Champions League last week. Watching the Champions League now. The Chase is on. Do you watch The Chase? Yeah, I don't mind that, actually. I don't, I don't I, yeah, watch, you tend to watch it most of the time. We, we watched the uh, we watched the, the Forbidden. We were naughty. Oh, I don't know. I didn't mind to watch that now after that. That's the one that got axed, isn't it? Yeah, so but we we'd had it we had it taped and people were saying it was quite good. Um so we watched the first four and they made the final because we had the first four taped, and then they made the final episode available till Sunday. 
And uh, yeah, it was actually a very good program, obviously very, very tainted. They set it up lovely for a second series too, uh, but I don't think that'll be happening somehow. Would, would, uh, would he have been in the second series? I think there would have been, but I don't think there will be now. Would, would Noel Clark be in the second series? The His character would have been, uh, I, I think so, yeah, because it was all centred around him. So, uh, yeah. and, uh, and I, so I'd imagine that will be the end of that one, which is a shame because it was uh, very well done, I thought. Obviously, uh, Line of Duty finale, no spoilers, but... Uh, Quite, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, before this series started, I'm sure they said there was definitely going to be a seventh series. But that the way they wrapped it up, even though it was quite meek, oh, it did look like it was the end. But um, we, we shall see. I mean, my view on it was all it needed was in one of his speeches at the end when he was in the office with Carmichael. It just needed her to just say Ted and just give you something that she was actually not a wrong one. But uh, I think she is. So, um, and we may never find out. But uh, yeah, so that was a bit of a. So, what else you've been watching? Uh, and I, I find it really fascinating. We've just been watching it now for a speech. It's Snack Masters. Have you seen that? I saw it advertised. I really like it. It's, it's because basically they try and get Michelin star chefs to recreate everyday snacks. And the, some of the processes, like the, the one I've just watched is a couple of weeks old, but it was wagon wheels. And the machines they're using to make those wagon wheels, the, the poor chefs have got no chance because it's like the biggest thing you've ever seen, this this machine that they've got to cook the biscuits. Like, it is the biggest oven you could imagine. And and it's interesting to watch them try and work out what's in it and everything and, and how it all works and ultimately get nowhere near. I will really see the chicken. I was going to watch the KFC one. That was good. They get anywhere near that. Uh, one of them, they said it was a lot of people have tried it, have tried to make it, but that was the clo- one of the closest they've ever had. Oh, I know. Apart, apart from that, I haven't really watched too much, really. There's nothing on the telly. Um, uh, I do like the kids when I like Stephen. We don't watch In for a Penny, Stephen Mulhern. You probably don't, do you? I've seen bits of it. I, I quite like it. Just yeah, silly kids, fun, isn't it? Yeah. The kids absolutely love that program, and I we're wet ourselves in that program. So that's brilliant. Yeah, that's always good fun. Do you reckon you'd be any good on it? Yeah, I, I'll do, when I go and fill my car with petrol, I do the petrol one, but fail miserably. Yeah, I, I could see him down at Westwood Cross this you week. Know, I'm well, in Thanet, and you'll be walking past. Yeah, the kids always say, "Make sure you've got a penny in your pocket." Surely you've got to come to Margate, and the, and, the, and it would spread that Mulhern's in Margate. Mulhern's in it. And everybody would go out to see it. So he must have got to come to Margate originally. You'd have to uh, definitely make sure you get a Kent Nonny podcast coat before you, uh, before you did that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that, that, that would be doing that, yeah. <laughs> and there you go. No, but no, I have to say, on my dog walks, nobody sort of mentioned the Mighty Dover. So it's a shame. But the box, no, no, it's nothing, nothing uh, you know. It's just nothing. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still waiting for this really bad weather. It keeps saying on oh, my weather report it's going to rain all day tomorrow, and we've not had any of it. Right. You know, it's just uh, we've had a lot of strong winds, but uh, not a lot of rain floating about, and it's just all a bit. Yeah, it's all a bit. It's the lull for us, isn't it? Because we, we've obviously got another what 13 days until we open our doors again. We're going to be very busy when our doors reopen, but um, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're going to be really busy, but at the moment we're just like, well, yeah, we could start getting bits and pieces together, but what's the point? But we are doing bits slowly and surely, but you know, it's one of those. Just the, the calm before the storm, and we've got to try and make the most of it because I think the storm is going to be very, 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 very busy once we get reopened. Oh, so. good, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's a is a good sign. Uh, on that, actually, because I am very busy uh, over the next week, we're not going to be here next week doing a, a podcast for you. Uh, obviously, there's there, there are there is football going on, and, and the cup competition does start on the 17th. But we did make sure that we got Chippy on this week, and uh, so we will be back with you in two weeks' time uh, with our next episode, where we will obviously discuss the start of the cup competition, so we can see uh, the early movers and shakers uh, in that competition, and, and just see how it's all panning out. So fingers crossed, everything will have gone okay in the next two weeks, and we will be back to some sort of normality, uh, and we can go from there. But uh, yeah, so we're going to have a week off. Uh, next week and do you know what mate I, I genuinely think we we've probably earned it yeah well we have i do find at times john we are not talking that too much <laughs> at the moment on this sort of thing are we really so when the season starts again with a massive preview it'll be about 14 hours we would um it'd be nice that yeah 
there is a certain amount of things you want to talk about football rather than hear me waffling on. Yeah, well, exactly. That's that's always been my mantra, my mantra for life, anyway. Uh, but yes, you can uh, you can get in touch with us, as, of course, uh, by following us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well if you search for Kent Non League Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John Phipps eighty one. You can find Matt on Twitter as well at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, it doesn't tweet a lot, but when he does, it's always worthwhile, I think. Um, but yes, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it for for this week's show. I uh, hope you've all enjoyed it. Thanks to our two guests for their time as well. Good to get them on board. Uh, as I say, the cup competition starts on the eighteenth. With ticket prices for these games are five pound for adults, one pound for concessions and under sixteens free. Obviously, that is all to be confirmed. Uh, with the lifting of restrictions in this country. But the games on Tuesday, the 18th of May, we start with Sheppey United against Punjab United uh, and Rochester United against Chatham Town. Those are the first games in the cup competition. So we'll see how those have all panned out when we join you in two weeks' time on the Kent Only Podcast. But in the meantime, thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you in two weeks' time. I'm off for a break then. <laughs>